Hey everyone, it's Robert from the So So Scrutiny Podcast, and I got my co-host over there, Corey Stocks, Roger Deacons rocks. Roger Deacons? Who's that? Oh, okay. Speaking of DPs, aka Director of Photographers, our guest today is going to be Justin Morrow. He's a uh, director of photographer I've worked with a few times on a, f- a bunch of music videos and commercials, and we're going to dive deep into you know his background and uh, the film industry and his experience. Um, but uh, in the meantime, Corey, what have you been up to, man? Not much. Just uh, winding down the summer. Um, go back Literally. to school. Yeah, we yeah gotta, you're going yeah. to school soon, right? Yeah, digitally. Um, digitally. And that'll be on the 19th, I believe, is when we start with the kids. So, okay. but I think the week before, we're probably going to do like trainings and kind of like how everything's going to work. And then we're going to get into teaching on the 19th. And that'll just be full virtual. Uh, the kids will, you know, have to sign in and do the live. It'll probably be live teaching. We're not quite sure of how that looks yet, whether it's going to be synchronous, like at the. Like everybody's on at the same time or asynchronous where they're we're assigning them work and then they um have you, time to do it and we can kind of help like pre-record a video or something and then they yeah just, that would yeah. be more of an asynchronous feel i we don't know yet um i think either way hey man, it could work justin but, justin was just telling telling me in particular that you know if you want to film stuff just go out there and do it if you're down i'd be down to like film like a like cinematic version of your classroom someday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like do, do like a, like a lesson. I could even do it when I'm back, when we're back, like I can front load them. Like their homework can be like, watch this video and like take some notes or like just to prepare for the next class. And it could be something super cool. Well, social distance, you know, I Mm -hmm. I can get close enough that I can film you, but yeah, think about it, man. If there's like a lesson or something that we can go to like a, uh, I don't know. What do you What do you plan on? T- okay, let me <clears throat> back up a little bit because I had a couple of questions for this. Um, I know you were teaching digitally um, right at the end of the school yeah. school year last time, but what are you doing differently at the beginning of the school year? You know what I mean? Like you knew those kids already by the end of that last school year. Um, you know, you're getting brand new kids basically, right? Yeah. So essentially, I the from what I can understand, most districts are doing the one the districts that are going like full um digital are doing this thing where they do live teaching so like all the kids are on at once at like a google yeah. meet and they you know they have mute buttons they can unmute when they want to talk and all that um business but they uh it'll be kind of like a live class mm-hmm. where you know i'm teaching i screencast show them how to like annotate take notes um i did that last year too this year, I just want to be a little more like in depth with it and really challenge them a little more. It was hard because we were challenged by the like, yeah. how do I present this material in an interesting way? Um, and, you know, everybody was on and off because they just we had no idea what was going on. Um, so this year we're starting off like probably I would assume they're going to have to be live for three hours a day. So like three periods. So it'll be half half of their classes that's how we ended last year is like they would go to period one two three and then tuesday four five six one two three four five six and then fridays would be make up your work finish anything you need to do your teachers have office hours go see them if you have questions um 
and I had office hours for my kids and some of you them just came. Basically, you yeah. just basically be, on, be online. Yeah, I would just leave my Zoom open or whatever and they would yeah. come in and we would talk like, what do you need help with? And I could screencast and show them and, you know. I, I want to try to hack your computer and come into your lesson one day. <laughs> Mr. Stocks, I have a question. You could, you could be a guest speaker. You could, you could, uh, you do not want me to as a guest speaker. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, you are in the realm of like film and some of them are super into that. I could, yeah. <laughs> my, avid, my avid kids would love that. So. See, that's not where my mind went. My mind went, went <clears throat> all right, kids. Life is a bitch. And just started giving <laughs> all the, the life lessons. Yeah. Fuck, fuck film. Yeah. Phil. Get, get, away, get ready for taxes and <laughs> and 40 hour work weeks. And yeah. All that. Yeah. But, but there, uh, I think, <laughs> I think the kids this year are going to be a lot more apt to going on just because I know they miss that interaction. They really do. Like, yeah. Um, even if it's, like, cause a lot of times as teenagers, we, uh, we want that attention and we try to get it in like kind of like a negative way, but, yeah. um, we still want attention and I think they will be, I, I think they will be on board if we just right. like make it interesting, you know? So now with <clears throat> the idea of maybe me making an epic movie of you teaching, what are you planning on teaching? What's the uh, so, curriculum going on? What do you, uh, we do amplify through ELA. So it's like I would that say like we have camera. like four, yeah, four or five, four or five different um, stories over the course of the year, but we delve like really deep into them. Oh, okay. So the first unit is Red Scarf Girl. It's like set in like communist China. Um, maybe I could do one. intro. Maybe I could do the intros to each unit as like a really like cinematic, like, okay, this is, you know, this is what happened. Pay attention and because they don't get that's the one thing that I the complaint I have uh, with Amplify is like there's not a lot of front loading to like the historical context. They they mm-hmm. have the, it's just they're thrown into this story and it's like it's nice to have some background context for it. Okay. Um, or maybe I get at least maybe edit you some kind of yeah montage like of like <clears throat> movies and history dot or a uh, history channel stuff or I don't yeah know. like in the background all like i need projects man I, yeah you, you for be, sure you could be my film professor too give me homework yeah maybe i'll <laughs> maybe what we'll do is i'll like uh i'll think of whatever it is that i'm gonna teach or like we're gonna teach and i'll make some kind of like epic intro thing with you I'm, and I can give question. it to the other teachers and the other teachers that teach seventh grade can use you know, my as long video. As I get credit on it, you know, yeah. as long as Made I get by Robert that, uh... Maine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's Robert Maine, Mr. Socks? Yeah, you'll oh, one day you'll meet him. He's one of the best. One day you talk about, well, you know, he's one of the best directors out there. Yeah. He's, he's, good, he's a good friend of mine too. Um, <laughs> uh, curious. Um, so you, you, you get these kids books basically to read and then they, you analyze them through chapter chapter and then kind of have to do a re- report at the end kind of thing. So yeah, they have to do an essay. They have to do okay. like a full fledged, like, I don't know. I, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I fucking hated that. Yeah, um, five, five <laughs> and it depends but, like what the, the first one is, um, informational. So they have to like read the story or response to lit. Sorry. Um, they, they read the story and then they go into it and they're like, okay, well, how did she change and grow over the course of the novel? Like in what ways, key ways did she change? And they have to write like 
I usually teach it as we write the body paragraphs first. It's like way number one that she changed would be blah, blah, blah. You know, she, she started to feel for her family. And then, you know, way number two was she realized she had more of a responsibility to grow up. And then, then you can write your intro and conclusion. So, um, I, I tend to break it down for them a lot. You're, and you're boring me. But we've got some, like, the thing that's exciting, though, I know it's boring. I know writing is, like, not everybody's favorite thing. The exciting thing is, like, we come out with these compositions that, like, I've even had, like, when the superintendent comes in, she looks at it, and she's like, these kids get, like, really right. And I'm like, yeah, because, like, when you give them the structure and you give them all the pieces to put it together, they'll do it. So that's what we do at the end is all the pieces come together after the story they write an essay curious though do you i'm sure some of the books you ask the kids to read are made into movies yeah 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 um do you do you, you talked uh, about sydney poitier the other day um mm-hmm. we remember sydney poitier poitier or portier portier yeah yeah he's the uh-huh. the black actor right yeah uh he we do raisin in the sun with the kids Oh, okay. So like a raisin in the sun is a is so you, a you know stage so you read, production. You read the book and then you go watch the movie. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. I used that. See, that's if I did get um, homework to watch or uh, read a whole book. Yeah, I liked the idea that oh maybe we get to watch the movie after mm-hmm. we're done. You know what I mean? I loved that kind and of payoff. The, there's like Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe. Um, yeah. we read like the Raven and then I show him the Simpsons, like the Raven, the Simpsons <laughs> Raven episode. That's great. That's yeah, they great. like it. They they're like that's how you connect with those kids for sure. <laughs> they, they love it, man. Cartoons, man. What's well, cool, yeah. man? I'm I I'm. It sounds like you're excited. I, I'm glad you're excited. To I love it. teaching, but yeah. it's it's just in this climate, it's so crazy because you never know like what's what way it's gonna go, and <clears throat> teachers have to be really freaked out about like layoffs and stuff too because yeah. you think about the amount oh. of teachers you need is like less if everybody's Speaking online that, i was thinking about this too <clears throat> what about pe oh pe Are, teachers still teach um they do like they'll they do like work. live like workouts and they'll do like l- yeah dude it's really okay, cool good. i was making sure these kids weren't just at school for three <laughs> hours and then, on, and then on Fortnite for another 11 hours or i know something, so. like for me yeah. as a pe teacher i would do something like watch a p90x video and do it myself <laughs> and then that's a workout. Modify man. I've, it. I've done those things. Those yeah. things fucking suck. It's super cool. But yeah, um, that's me. What about you? Uh, just like you know, just like you, uh, I'm kind of getting back in the swing of things. Nice. I just got off a uh, commercial, um, and it's definitely different, um, like you and your setting, um, and with Zoom, um, just worked on a Home Depot commercial, um, for two days out in God, uh, where what city was it? Um. Santa, Santa, Clara, Santa, Santa Clarita. That's what it is. Way the fuck out there. It took me over an hour to get there every morning from Orange County. Um, but it was, it was fun. Cause the last thing I worked on, you know, post COVID was a photo shoot and it was a good intro, intro into this new COVID world, but it wasn't a film set really, you know, it was, yeah. it, was it, it wasn't the same, but this was, you know, pictures up rolling where we got art department, we got actors. It was a full thing. Small crew. Um, I think, uh, you know, we were talking with Justin earlier. We're, we're going to play later. Um, he was mentioning 
on that 40 man set that they would have a limited amount of people on set. We didn't really, we didn't do that on ours just cause it wasn't a big enough crew. I don't think. Yeah. Um, you just but kept your distance. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. When we were the actors and everyone were on set, we were trying to, well, everyone had masks and then trying to be socially distanced. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was really nice to be on a real set again. Um, I worked with, um, uh, an AD that I really like working with Sam Shapston. He's Shapston. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Sam. Sorry. Um, I love that guy. He's just, and, and this is the weird thing. <clears throat> so, um, with the zoom and everything with your, with your classrooms, our director and all the client were on set via zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were on an iPad with like a boom speaker projecting them. And so it was, that was hard not having, I mean, I can understand the client not being there, but having the director not be there, that was, that was tough. Cause we'd have to wait for the delay. And the other thing was he was in England. So not only was he on oh. zoom on the delay, so we'd have to wait for his like England. So delay. he was directing via zoom. Yeah. That's and so crazy. Like when we were filming at, you know, 5 p.m. or something it was 3 a.m. at his time or something crazy so he was off um but it it was good practice i think this is how a lot of commercials especially are going to be with client really not being there and maybe director not being there um it took a lot longer to film scenes um but it was nice. It was really nice just sometimes being just sitting on it. I was like, hey, I'm back. I'm back at it. It's been a while, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I had to uh, uh, second team a lot, uh, which means you're just the stand in. But it was it was kind of a complicated shoot, too. There they were it was two days and they filmed a bunch of scenes and then they're going to cut them in with another shoot they're doing in Tennessee um, somehow with editing. It's, you know, like like, for example, like a a guy going in the backyard and pulling his barbecue into frame. And then the other shot from Nashville is going to meet that somehow. And there's going to be two guys from different places, but kind of hanging out together. Yeah. And that makes sense. Hard to um, so I was like the other guy, you know, the other actor that had to meet the eye line and stuff. So that was kind of fun. Literally being on set on camera. There's a bunch of dumb footage of me trying to act with this other <laughs> actor. Um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know how many, I don't know how many jobs lined up yet. It's been pretty quiet. Um, that's how it is right now. So we'll see. Things will pick up. I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, but safely safe. Yeah, for sure. And it was very safe. This set was very safe. We had a COVID compliance officer, Rafino. shout out to him. He's awesome. And uh, plenty of masks and sand sanitizer. And, um, that gives a little, let me go a little shout out to our unofficial sponsors today too. Um, uh, tough contender. They're the ones that produced that video and, and they've really handled this COVID stuff really well. They have, um, I don't know if they offer it still, but for a while they were producing quote unquote with partnership with a health agency who was really the whole, like they're the ones that really put on the whole thing. Tough was just helping them, you know, stream yeah. and everything, but, uh, it's a COVID compliance. Not, it doesn't make you an officer, but it shows it's a whole class on what you should expect um, post COVID and everything on a film set. It was really informative. And, uh, so shout out to tough contender. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to another production company. I work with a lot. Simeon, Simeon design. Um, 
they're off uh, uh, awesome i was gonna say awful dudes they're the opposite <laughs> they're the awesome dudes over there i haven't gotten a chance to work with them post covid they've been uh i think it's just kind of slow for them as well but uh if they're listening um i'd love to come and do a project with you guys please um and then uh justin gives a shout out later to Camtech. it's a uh, camera rental house so yeah shout out to those guys so, you know they sound pretty cool all right. Um, before we do all that, let's uh, talk UFC. Oh That's yeah, what we're doing. UFC um, Fight Night. I, I I don't really know the Vegas number. Six. But yeah, I don't I don't know what that whole thing is. I know because like might the regular be because, UFC. Yeah, it might that? be because it's like they oh, don't really? usually do them like in Vegas mm. or something. I don't know in that what spot. Are you about? That, they like only do them in Vegas. Well, that spot. Sorry, it's like a yeah, small. It's not like a because like the next big one with like um, uh, Cormier, it's like two uh, UFC two hundred and fifty or something. Two fifty one, I think. Yeah. Um, but they um, yeah, it was a really good card. Like, dude, not all bad. the fights were really good. There really weren't too many like boring quote unquote fights. You know, yeah. some, sometimes the guys are just not touching each other, and it goes to the judges. But there was a few knockouts. Um. But uh, let's start early on. Um, we won't go through all of them, but um, let's see here. The first one, actually, honestly, was the Riviera Al Coisa. Coisi. Oh, he was he was really yeah, cool. That was a yeah, good fight. The lead off. I you know it sucks when there's usually like a fight. The first fight is like a boring one, but that yeah. one was like not too bad. Um, I don't, I don't have all the winners on this. Page. If it's the guy, I think it is. It was it. Um. Where was he from? Doesn't say that. I don't have that information. Yeah, he. But I, I. If it's the first fight, that was really, that was really. It was really um, good. Um, yeah, we'll just skip. Anyways, there let's was just, also the prelims were really good. I don't. Yeah, these guys will get their chance sooner or later. Let's 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 fast forward to your dude. Uh, oh Darwish. yeah, Darwish, right? Benil Dariush. Dude, this fucking guy. He's he great. Is man. One my, he's one of my new favorite. Uh, fighters not only because you know him we'll get into that in a second yeah. just because the last two fights um he's fucking ko'd the guys yeah it's great it's and not he, you know go the ahead. thing about his fighting style is he's like very focused he isn't like caught up in the like the you know ego stuff he like he is confident and he's like calm and he just he takes some shots he learns how hard you hit and then he is like okay i i know what i'm gonna do I don't think it's, I don't know if it's because you uh, train with him and I know he's like an instructor, but when I watch him, it looks like a clinic. He's putting on a clinic yeah. and it's not like easy stuff. He's showing like the way he's fighting is just yeah. the way you win. It's, well, it's strategic. And master, and, what's his name? Yeah. Master Cordero, the guy, uh-huh. the, Rafael Cordero, the, the, his, you know, our master, he's like the, oh. He runs, I didn't know there was one above him. Yeah, oh, well, he runs he all of the kings. Well, he did. Um, oh, okay, but he retired. Yeah, he's like, he's renowned. He's like great, great instructor. In fact, I I saw a few videos. He's been training Tyson, Mike Tyson as well. Uh, um, my who? who? Mike Tyson. Tyson. Tyson? Yeah. Am I pronouncing Tyson? That right? Yeah, I, but 
He's been like working with him, and if Dude, you if did you he, see he's gonna fight a shark? Apparently, yeah. I don't know how Discovery <laughs> Channel is pulling that he's off. Crazy. But apparently, Mike Tyson's gonna fight Jaws. But Mike Tyson <laughs> looks great right now, and like, oh yeah, and he's got that real fight going on. Yeah, who's, who's that? Jo- who's isn't that? he fighting Jones? Is mm-hmm. it John? No, not John Jones. Not John Jones. Um, uh, I don't know who he's fighting. Somebody, uh, Darwish, dude. Let's talk. Oh about yeah, Darwish. He. Um, so, well, little backstory. I mean, we talked about before on the last fight, but yeah, you you were training. You know, yeah, not anymore because of COVID. But yeah, you were right. Yeah, and he he's he trains out of um, Kings. Like I think he goes to Huntington sometimes, but most of the time he's at. Um, Anaheim Kings and he uh he he tends not to like he isn't necessarily like instruct but he trains with us sometimes like he'll like our our main instructor will like be hitting pads with him to show us like okay this is like this is how you you know do the move and everything like the instructor's assistant but the assistant is also a professional fighter yeah yeah so (laughs) he'll like he'll jump in and like give us tips and like stuff like that and he he's just a really radical dude he like uh he's super super kind um i was like i i did like a um like an after uh, training like a little Bible study sesh with him. Um, I think it was like every Thursday and he just like, you learn that humble, like being, you know, humble is super, super important when you're doing a disciplined sport like this. Yeah. Cause when you start to get way too cocky and get your head like lost and all that, you lose focus and discipline. Like it, perfect example is, um, Connor McGregor. Like he's a great fighter, but when he gets caught up in like the BS, like he hitting old men and throwing just things uh, through windows, yeah, just not not disciplined enough. And like yeah. from Benil, like watching him even this fight, seeing his discipline and his like reaction time, he, he can't hit the guy. Like he got hit a couple times, but a lot of times that's to happen. feel it out too. <laughs> like even, uh, even Mike Tyson gets hit a couple times. Yeah. You know, and he, but he's so fast on his feet. Um, there was a, there was honestly got a couple moments that his, uh, opponent, I'll give a shout out to him. What's his, Oh, by the way, Mike Tyson is fighting Roy, Roy joins It's Roy Jones jr. Okay. Got it. Um, Oh damn it. I, the uh, there it is. Um, his opponent was Holtzman. Holtzman. I, yeah. There were, there was a couple guys, there were a couple times where I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, he, might have him, might have him, but uh, coming back, yeah, it, yeah, he pulled it through. He and um, the thing about the the other guy Holtzman, like he could take a hit. He was getting hit really hard, yeah. and he was still like he would stagger and then he would recover. Um, yeah. great fighter yeah. too, like uh, just first round knockout and through it was a, that it was a, uh, backhand, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like was great. It, it was trippy because he spun in it like it looked like he hit like his forearm like basically like and it just knocked or, yeah, him over um yeah i'm i mean obviously he's he's he last his last fight darwish was in the prelims so now he's like on an official card so i'm really hoping that he gets mm. a real chance with a real fighter i mean i feel like well, the last two guys weren't really a challenge to him i thought much. he was on the main card last time he fought too was he though? Yeah, he fought. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what's Drakkar? Really Drakkar. Remember Drakkar Close? He fought him, and okay. that he knocked I him it was out. A prelim. I'm Rogan sorry. was like, that was Rogan's like, full <laughs> reaction. 
I was like, that's yeah, my I kinda, boy. I kind of missed Rogan on this one. I he know. doesn't do the small ones. Yeah, and my God, like the the freaking, um, what do you call it, fight? Uh, the main card, Derek Lewis, right? Yeah, fast forward a little bit. Let's go Let's be, uh, real quick. The, uh, the girls fight. I'm not going to try their last names. They're crazy <laughs> Russian names. But that was that was a really good uh, women's fight. Oh yeah, was, that was really entertaining. The technique um, in that one was insane. Uh, what was her name? I don't. I'm the, I, I'm looking at them. I'm looking at the names right now, and I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the one them, who won. It starts no with a K. Um, yep, she, there's one that starts with a K, and there's she, one that starts with an S. And I'll tell yeah, you she um, she held that fight. Uh, yeah. She held her up against the fence. She had like, she was so strong. Is crazy. Second. In um yeah, and then the next one was uh, I'll try this one. It was Stewart versus Pelito. Um, I don't remember that one too much. Oh, is yeah, it the? On. I'm looking up the winners. Hmm. I'm um, trying to think of 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 the one. There was, that was the thing about this this whole card is there was a there were so many kind of good fights that kind of blended into all of you know what I mean like sometimes yeah. there's like these boring ones that you don't remember, but I feel like all of these were pretty, like pretty good. One of my favorite fights was, um, the taller black guy and then the shorter black guy. I don't know. See, I don't know names. Um, uh, he's, that, a, that was a, that was a prelim, wasn't it? No, it was in the, it was in the main card. I think it was there's, higher up. Was it Stewart? No, yeah. There's no two black guys against each other. Really? Let me see. All right. Well, we're sounding like unprofessionals talking about UFC that we don't know we're talking about. So let's just get to the fucking. Well, there were so many one. fights. Yeah, there was. Like, it's crazy. Um, and it's not like like again, it's not like the biggest card. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean Lewis and Olek. How you pronounce it? Olek. Yeah. I mean, there are the the names on this card. Um, and boy, man, I love Derek Lewis. This guy so crazy. He is just, he is a monster. Literally, like, I know Rogan says that. Oh my God, that guy's a monster. This guy, if he walked into a room right now, it's as, as, as nice as he is and funny as he is post game, that guy's intimidating as fuck. He is, man. dude. He's, he's a scary he's intense, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Olenek, there was a couple of moments in this fight. Like, the first round, there was a couple of moments. I was like, oh shit. Oh shit, Lewis! I think if he wouldn't have gotten knocked out, it it might have been hard for Lewis to win because the other guy had grappling. Like he was, he had such good grappling control of Lewis. Um, Lewis's grappling control is basically just lying on the other person. Yeah, he's so big that you can't do anything when you're underneath him. (laughs) But he's lost a lot of weight. He looks really good. Yeah, he looks more. Um, trained than mm-hmm. ever. He I does. Think, uh, when I first, when he first kind of hit my radar, I think it was like three or four f- last fights of his. It, it, it was a little sloppy, but the sloppy was these haymakers coming from his right hand that are just one hit and you're done. Yeah. So it was, you know, that's all he needed. But now it's it looks a little bit more precise. Yeah, he's getting especially better. Especially at the KO, man. Oh my, those last few hits that guy was getting into his head. Oh my god! And he, he, Derek Lewis is the type that will not stop unless he's stopped. So like he, I think he also like pretends to be tired. Yeah, like he sits, he sits back, and he probably is taking you know 
catching his breath a little bit, but I think he tries to tell people, like, give him, like, oh, I'm tired, come at me. Yeah. And then when he comes, <laughs> you he, he comes at He's you. He's so skilled, man. Yeah. Um, um, but I really hope he gets. Um, I know that Cormier and the uh, what's the other guys uh, has the belt. Oh, right now. that one's big. I forget his name. Um, but Lu- it, that's Lewis be- needs it. yeah. Go that's ahead. been what like a three fight kind of deal. Like uh, yeah, the other guy the one. one's coming. Up. That's the next big one. It's uh, Cormier and uh, Mioic Stipe Stipe. Yeah, yeah. And those 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 other two fights are really great. But I really want. Derek Lewis to get a chance at that belt. Yeah. He, he has proven himself moreover than not that he can stand up to these dudes. Too bad he won't ever fight Cormier because I think Cormier's last fight is yeah. actually the the one coming up is what he said. I would, yeah, I would guess that. He's going into announcing. I'm pretty sure Derek Lewis will take over the belt if he continues. Um, I'd just say, just give him a chance. So good. He's proven himself. Yeah. He, um... um He's also hilarious. Like he just yeah. Hold on. Well, I I realized this in the middle of talking to UFC that we were gonna do this segue into the next segment, but we'll do that after our movie review. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that, sure. that interrupted. But yeah, we are gonna get into some di- f- that the post game of Derek Lewis is some of the best gold. Not yeah. only his fight, but the way he just talks to Joe Rogan and everybody. We're gonna play you a few clips in a little bit. Um, but let's get into the movie movie review, um, which was kind of funny. Um, I'll do a little backstory to this. Corey hits me up earlier in the week or no, I think I probably hit you up and I was like, Hey, what are we uh, talking about? What are we reviewing? And Corey texts me back. Oh, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie called destroyer. I was like, Oh, I know that movie. I've been hearing like things about it. <laughs> and that's all I said. I didn't say anything about Nicole Kidman or anything like that. I just, that's where my mind went. So I go to watch it on like Friday night and I'm watching it with my grandma and my aunt and within like the first hour of the movie, not even that Nicole Kidman is proceeding to jerk off a handicapped person and <laughs> oh it's my God. pretty graphic and, uh, and I'm sitting there like, I'm sorry, Linda, I'm sorry, Nana, that I'm making you watch this. Corey made me watch it. I'm sorry. And so I text Corey Hey man, thanks so much for uh, here. Hold on, let's see if I, I'll bring up the actual conversation because <laughs> that's it. Kind of sells. It does. It, um, it really does. <laughs> um, let's see. UFC talk. UFC talk. We're we were talking oh, yeah. the whole time during the we fight. Was, do that. Uh, it's one of my favorite things, Corey. I wanted to say to you is that you know when we were watching these UFC, it's fun to watch them with you. Yeah. But when we're from different houses, it's fun to, to text you. <laughs> yeah, it and, is. Um, uh, so I said, I texted Corey, thanks for making me watch Nicole Kidman jerk <laughs> off a dude in front of my Nana and aunt, LOL. And he, he texts a question mark. She wasn't in the movie that I watched. Ha ha ha. And I said, have you watched destroyer? He said, not destroyer. Hello, destroyer. So, which is like a completely different movie. Yeah. It's way, way different. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll get into yours in a second, but it, I just thought that was a funny, we were trying to watch the same movie, but. <laughs> hello destroyer yeah <laughs> it's a different one um but destroyer is from oh that was my pen falling over um 2018 directed by karen kusama who is a lady who has directed um i was looking back at other stuff she did some tv some tv stuff but she also did uh aeon flux oh i remember that the mo- the film ver- i Charlie's thought there was Theron. like a 
Yeah, yeah, I remember. It was it's like another, yeah, anime or something. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Um, I I felt like that was like her one of her other bigger ones. Um, it's on. I think I watched it on Hulu. I think. Um, let me make sure. But uh, Nicole Kidman stars in it. Um, you wouldn't even recognize her in this. I saw um, a picture th- of her, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Um, they really make they really ugly her up. <laughs> um, yeah. But there are scenes they do flashbacks this whole movie is flashbacks and trying to keep up with what's reality or real time and what's the past and the way you kind of uh judge that by is how she looks because yeah in present time she's really ugly and old and then they'll flash back to they gotta show nicole kidman beautiful so there's definitely plenty of scenes like her looking like a babe um uh, but it's, she's a LAPD officer and sh- or detective and she's following a case. Um, yeah, it's, it's on Hulu for free on Hulu. Um, I don't want to give too much away. There's some twists and stuff. There's, a, um, let me go to my, uh, scrutiny scale real quick. Um, I like the music. There's a, it's a lot of Tony and, you know, Christopher Nolan, Hans Zimmer kind of making you uneasy sounds and stuff. This, it really was trying to hit all the notes of like L.A. bank robber, LAPD officer, detective movies. You know, there's heat. There's um, even a little bit of a oh, damn. What was that Chris Pine movie? Um, that's a uh, um, bank robber movie. You know what I'm talking about? Chris Pine. I do not. That's a really good one. Um, uh, let me bring this up real quick. But um. It, but it, as much as it was like kind of given not so much homage, but trying to do these things, the movie, it never really, I don't think it really found its own tone. It never, I never felt like it's like, this is destroyer. I felt like every scene was like, oh, they're trying to do that movie. Oh, they're trying to do that movie. Oh, they're trying to do, you know what I mean? Kind of like bits Um, and pieces of other things. A little bit. They were trying, they were trying to make it their own, but it just really wasn't working. Um, hot American summer. Nope. Damn it, what's the name of that bank robber movie that Chris Pine was in? It's really good. Um, um all right, I'll go back to Destroyer. I'll I'll think of it when you're doing your review. Yeah. Um uh Destroyer. Um I gave it a 62 overall. It's it's good. It's not great. Um the the, the twist, quote unquote, at the end is pretty good. It caught me off guard. I didn't I actually wasn't expecting it. It's it was pretty clever. But it ends, it ends really like it, it was also not only trying to be all these other movies, but it was really trying to be artsy and just do weird edits and slow-mo and stuff that just didn't, didn't seem necessary. I feel like, um, budget of, well, Wikipedia says budget nine between nine and $12.4 million, which is a really weird <laughs> number. Um, and it felt like that. Um, it, the, the, I think that one of the good things is it shows some really cool scenes of LA, like the darker sides of not the glamorous Hollywood sides that people think of LA. It's, it shows the gritty kind of side of it. Um, but yeah, destroyer. It's not bad, It's but it's not good, I guess. <laughs> um, hello. Oh, what's hello destroyer. So that. on the other end of things, hello destroyer. Um, it's also kind of a dark <laughs> movie um 
It was directed by a, or written and directed by a guy named Kevin Funk. Um, I don't really know what else he's done. Uh, and then it, it's a Canadian film. So it's like Canadian cast. Um, and it was released in 2016. So September of 2016. So a while ago. Um, but the th- reason this caught my attention was um, because we had originally talked about wanting to, you know, discuss our top like directors of photography or whatever it was. Which we will, we'll do. We'll, we'll do get to. Yeah, um, we'll get to. But his name's Benjamin Loeb, and he did Mandy. So he did the cinematography uh, okay. on Mandy, um, and I love that movie. But um, in this movie, it also had like a really dark tone and I kind of like, that's what I went into it expecting is just it being, you know, super dark, dark tone. I do, uh, gloomy, sad, and it turned out to be extremely sad. Um, it's pretty slow moving. So it's not like a, not like a, you know, fun action flick or comedy or whatever. It's like really, really deep and sad. Um, so the premise is that there's this guy that plays hockey um, and he's trying to make it right. He's a rookie um, and he ends up injuring another player and is kind of like cast out by everyone because of the fact that he injured this guy. Um, and the story just follows his kind of like downward spiral after that. Mm. Um, so he's this great hockey player. Um, you know, he's a top prospect and everything. And then just everybody like turns on him. Um, and you kind of learn a lot about his dynamic with his like father and how that is plays out and plays into his kind of like awkwardness. And, um, it's, it's a really sad movie cause you want so bad just to like reach through the screen and like hug the guy. Cause he's <laughs> like, it sucks. But, um, it's, it's a really cool character study of like what, um, the lack of like compassion and empathy can do to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, especially through an accident, he didn't like intentionally, hurt this person you know it was it was but um it was really good but it's hard to watch because it is really really good but it's really it it has like that like sad element to it where it's really hard to like how did you watch it watch it on prime um so no, there was almost no music. If I'm not mistaken, there was no music at all. Mm. Um, so it was okay. silent the entire time besides like the dialogue, which I found to make it even more you know, like gloomy. Okay. But do you know, do you pan a lot? Did you give it zeros for music then? No, I gave it threes because, and I'll tell you why yeah. the, 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 the aesthetic of it, almost felt like it gave it a sound. I don't know how to explain that, but I, the, the one movie that pops into my head is uh no country for old men. Yes. No music, but it felt the like movie. there's music in it. Cause your mind, it, like it you know? just makes you, it's just the tension, you know? Yeah. Maybe your brain just fills it in, but yeah, no music. And 
I, I kind of, you know, as much as I, uh, I love music and scores and stuff there, that's a challenge. And I kind of yeah. respect that, you know? And, and I got that from this and like a lot of the sounds that you hear end up being important, you know, that's, um, yeah, there's not, maybe not music, but the sound mixing and all that's. Yeah. And there's, there's yeah. some things I wouldn't want to spoil. Um, it's, it's really, it's really well made. The cinematography is really good. Okay. Um, the acting was great. Like I, I think this, and he turned, it turns out he's like a, he's like a mixed martial artist too. Like in real, Jared Abrahamson. Oh, in real life. Yeah. He does like martial arts or like boxing and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, that's even cooler. Um, but it's just, it's one of those movies that makes you like feel really bad so if you want to you know watch a movie that's going to give you bad vibes and this is oh, it i can't wait um because <laughs> so we're going to do what we're going to do is flip for the next like mini soda we're going to switch movies so we'll yeah watch them <laughs> so then like the writing was great um not much quotability just because i don't remember any of it um yeah I'm, overall I'm, real quick on the destroyer i didn't really mention this but i i put like two or three on destroyer not that I remembered any of the lines, but the entire movie, Nicole Kidman is just doing her best Batman impression. She's just talking like this the whole time. I'm a detective in LAP. <laughs> I'm going to solve this murder. It's like, okay. It's enough. <laughs> calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I made that the quote, just her, her impression of Nicole Kidman in Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I, I enjoyed it. I think um, if you're into like, if you've seen like star is born that type of like aesthetic, that type of movie, um, similar, uh, could even kind of call it the Canadian, like, uh, (sighs) whatever. (laughs) Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's good. Um, the quality was good direction. Good. I, don't know that I'll rewatch it just because at the end I felt like just like this movie has been nonstop sad. So I don't know. You gotta rewatch um, Mandy. Yeah, that's badass. Um, <laughs> makes me want to get a chainsaw and run around. No, but then uh, emotional impact. Uh, I gave it a five because it really did linger with me for a while after. Yeah, sometimes you know I I'll watch a movie with somebody and they'll go, God, I that movie made me so upset. I didn't like it. It made me angry. I'm like, yeah, that's that, emotional that, impact. The director and everybody they made they gave you an emotion. Like, yeah. Regardless if you didn't like it, like um. Like Midsummer, uh, as much as I didn't like that movie, it gave me emotions yeah. the entire time, and I can't, I can't, de- you know, deny that the director made me feel that way. But yeah. I'm not watching that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the, uh, so for like a total, I gave it a 79. It was good. It was it's really good. It just, uh, I th- it won a ton of awards. I looked at it in Canada. Um, oh. Leo Awards Best Motion Picture, Best Direction in Motion Picture, Screenwriting, Best Lead Performance for a Male. Um, yeah, it's won a bunch of stuff over in Canada. Um, Film Critics Circle gave it a bunch of awards. I'm not sure if... I'm, I have a feeling Nicole Kidman was thinking on her, thinking in her head on set like... 
this is giving me an Oscar nomination. Like this is going to be good because it it looks good. Like yeah. This filming of Destroyer looked good. Yeah, I don't see any awards on their IMDb page. But the um, Destroyer debacle was funny. Um, yes. We both. <laughs> that happens, man. There's some movies that literally have the same name or yeah. just one word off. and So <laughs> good, though. So now, now instead of one movie, we have two movies to watch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that's about it. Um uh looking at my outline nothing all right so um what we're gonna do is we're gonna play some uh derek lewis clips right now into uh our interview which i hope you enjoy so up next we're gonna interview a friend of mine justin morrow who i've worked on a bunch of music videos and commercials with him and uh so we'll be right back derek i can say you have the most knockouts in ufc heavyweight history my friend <laughs> well, listen, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, hello. Can you hear me, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, man? All right, well, before you go and uh, remove your bowels out there in the, the bathroom, I mean, how does it feel to have the most knockouts in UFC heavyweight history? It feels good, especially, shit, he had that um, British Bulldog, whatever the hell, the head smishing he had on me. He had it pretty deep. I couldn't breathe at all, so... I'm just glad the time right now, just in time. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? Yeah, my balls was hot. I understand. Derek Lewis, everything's bigger in Texas. So in the heavyweight fight, you had to get a knockout late, make it dramatic, right? What they know about them Texas boys. <laughs> hey, you can put it all to bed with one shot. I told them boys, I got no more heart. Well, they keep underestimating me. See, I ain't all that technical and all that, but see, I'm getting there. Fuck it. Do you feel like you were a little overtrained coming into the octagon tonight? Oh, for sure. You know, plus all the training and all the sex I've been getting. Yeah, my body needs some time off. This is a come-from-behind knockout, the likes that we haven't seen in a long time. Talk us through this, Derek. I forgot a few hours before the fight, Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin and shit. Fuck what they're talking about. USA and this whole fuck. Listen, Derek, you came into this fight the number two contender with that knockout. You're absolutely one of the top guys in line for a shot at the title next. So tell us what you think about that. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. Fuck what you talking about right now. I ain't trying to fight for no title right now. I don't have no gas tank like that. Shit. with the So So Scrutiny podcast, and we have an amazing guest today, one of the, probably the best DP guys I've probably ever worked with, uh, the amazing <laughs> Justin Morrow. <laughs> What's up, dude? Thanks for being on today. Yeah, man. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Just hanging out. Um, yeah, so thanks for being on. Uh, uh, Justin and I have worked, um, I was trying to think about it, trying to think of the first thing we ever worked on, and I can't remember what it was. Was it, did you ever work with like Anthem, like anthem anthem when it was in its heyday yeah it was probably something uh i think it was the our last night video oh i worked on a few 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, my it father was, worked on like. So yeah, I, I, mean, few, I, know, I know you did a few with Simeon too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was either an Anthem video. It was probably all the way back to the Anthem days. We were doing uh, probably some sort of rock band and <laughs> yeah. out in the yeah, woods cl- somewhere. Classic Anthem uh, shoot. Um, but let's start from the very beginning. Uh, where'd you grow up? Um, when did you really like start maybe like thinking about getting into film and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in, uh, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, New England, uh, was probably the best place in my opinion to grow up. We had uh, <laughs> four hat. seasons. Yeah. You got the hat. I mean, <laughs> Sweet. Don't get me started on, uh, any sports <laughs> will, because that is bit. a completely different, uh, <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I grew up in, in New England, uh, Salem, New Hampshire to be exact. Uh, it was awesome. Growing up was, was, uh, it was really cool there. Um, we had woods. What'd your, what'd your parents had, do? Uh, yeah. So my mom was in childcare. So that was, uh, that was interesting growing up because I was always a part of, uh, that part of, um, of her life. You know, I was often a camp camp counselor in the summers. Like that was uh, a lot of my summers was surrounded by kids. So that was, uh, interesting to say the least but Sounds um, awful to me but yeah well that's yeah, my yeah. career so that's, yeah Cor- yeah Cor is a teacher so that he does it yeah, every day okay. almost. <laughs> yeah so i mean it was it was different um but i think it, at some point i got really interested in filmmaking i just picked up a camera i think like most of us and i just started shooting stuff and um i was shooting everything from uh you know like little short films with my friends. I don't even think there were films back then. They were just little skits. Uh, they weren't anything special that we didn't show anyone other than ourselves. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, no YouTube back then, <laughs> no, it was just yeah. kind of like, Hey, this was fun. It took up time and, and like, let's make something funny. So, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time doing like creative little, uh, comedy shorts that, Probably weren't funny, but um, we thought <laughs> well, they were back in the day. We thought, yeah, I, uh, me and my friend, Corey and I grew up together and uh, our group of friends did a few videos like that. And we thought they were like the funniest things ever. And then looking back, it's like, what we're are idiots. doing? I, we <laughs> used to do the like the the jackass like wannabe videos. So we would like, okay, you're going to get hurt today. So <laughs> do something. Use the nearest shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. We used with. to, we used to send ourselves off ramps into uh, bushes, trees. <laughs> it was really like, however <laughs> we could get hurt. Um, yeah. that was like the most entertaining and that was the coolest to us, which I'm not really sure why looking back on that, that makes no sense. Yeah. But, uh, but Hey, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So, uh, so are you, are you filming stuff in high school and all that too? Are you doing music videos or anything like that at all? Yeah. So I was in, I was in a, a hardcore band and, oh, uh, yeah, I what was a uh, uh, guitar. Nice. Not anymore. I just kind of took my focus off of guitar and put it into this whole deal. That's smart. Um, That's smart. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, we all know how that ends for most people, but <laughs> yeah, um, we, Corey and I both the, know, yeah. yeah, but the people, uh, I respect the people that man oh. <laughs> and and you know i think we were, oh you guys hear me yeah yeah, yeah we you got just, you you cut you cut out real quick okay cool yeah um no i was, I was saying uh you know i i had a hardcore band we were playing shows locally um it was fun but then it got to the point where it was like you know 
I, I started taking this filmmaking thing a bit more seriously and like photography, I was the one to shoot our videos and our, our photos. And I took a course in high school and uh, I had a teacher that actually, um, I, I was pretty, I got pretty close with and, and taught me a lot. And eventually I had to decide, you know, what am I going to do? And I went to college and I decided to go to a full sale in Florida. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it was like during that whole duration of full sale, I would go back to uh, New Hampshire and I'd talk to my friends' bands and I was like, Hey, you guys need a video. And they're like, yeah, yeah we don't have money. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. Like yeah. I, I don't have a reel. So this is, <laughs> this is going to work out perfectly for us. Yeah. Um, beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like shooting a lot of hardcore bands, a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, not even the pop stuff. It was mostly, mostly rock stuff. And it was just like, you know, the typical empty warehouse or out in the woods <laughs> and like, yeah, it was whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was whatever we could do for zero dollars and you know well probably um, at least a case of beer like you gotta have some beer yeah. on set. <laughs> oh, man i mean it was no it was like maybe 20 bucks like i think i got burger king after one time and i was like <laughs> oh my i profited yes. like this is amazing <laughs> there um, might be a future in this <laughs> yeah but uh nice but yeah so, it's yeah go ahead um um so full sale i've you know i i went to audio school right after um high school i did i went down the music route and it failed you did the right move going right to a film <laughs> I, I had to go back the uh, a few years and then get into it but um i had always heard of full sale like i would get the magazines and like wow look at this place it's all about recording and look all it's all fancy stuff was it a really cool experience like was it a really cool um education out there i mean look i think you'll get uh, a different experience. It, it doesn't matter where you go. I think it's what you put into it yeah. and what Ooh. you take away from it. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people have said some negative things about the school. I also know that there have been really successful people that come out of that school. Um, my personal experience was, um, was really good. Um, yeah. I met a lot of people. I met, um, some of my best friends today. Um, I think the biggest thing that that school did for me was, taught me how to network and taught yeah. me how to, um, yeah, just meet new people. And, and, uh, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, Hey, like, this is how you tell a story. I mean, they did a really good job with like introducing equipment to us and, and you know, this C, this is a C stand and like, we put this on a C stand and this is how you diffuse light. And this is how, you know, you read a light meter and it's like, that's really cool. But I, I think, one of the things today we could do now is just go on YouTube and say like, how do I use a light meter? And there's going to be 600 videos on all these people that try to explain no. how to use a light meter. And, and it's so hard now, like how do you justify spending, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is to go to school when you could just look these things up on YouTube. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I I'm happy. I went to that school. Um, I, I, I'm not happy with the amount of money that it costs. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, I think it's Are you still all paying you know, it off. Uh, yeah, I'm very close actually. Oh, uh, I'm very close to paying it off. Yeah. Uh, you know, 11 yeah. years later, but here we are. I, 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 like I said, I went to audio school, but when I got decided to start putting my toe into the film industry, I didn't go back to school. Cause I, I, I took from my audio experience. I saw all my friends that didn't go to school and just got like a quick internship and they were like leaps and bounds of where I was. And I went to school. 
So I kind of took that concept and I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to film school. I'm just going to just throw myself into the water and just see if I can survive. And I've talked to a few people like, Hey, you know, the film school people, like what, what do you think was the best move? Do you think film school was a good idea or you, you suggest, you know, people just getting right into it. And some of them are 50, 50. They like, just like you said, you learn how to network mm-hmm. work with all the people you go to school with. That's huge. Cause once you get into the field, they're in the field with you and you can hit them up. But yeah, the cost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm getting paid basically to go to film school right now, but right. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think everyone's experience is going to be different. Yeah, like we're yeah. not all going to have the same exact story. I mean, this industry is so crazy in terms of like how some people become successful and how other people, you know, get into it. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could uh, give you the right answer. No I one can has just the right say, answer. Yeah. yeah. I just, I can give you my experience and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah networking, a, yeah. networking is a big thing. Like it's, it's all about really who, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. be the hardest worker, but if you don't know anybody, it's not going to happen. Super yeah, similar exactly. to, yeah. My experience, even as a teacher going to college, it's the, always the same in any field. Like you're going to get what, you know, you put, you put into it back. And I know that for my master's degree, when I went and got it online, I could have been like, whatever, I'll just, you know, take the classes and go through it. But like I actually studied and I'm sure with film, it's similar. It's all practical. Like you go out and you use the tools you're given and it's like, yeah, there's that's how you get better. Little grem- there's always little gremlins on set that are yeah. just there to fuck with you and just <laughs> mess with your day as much as planning you do. So yeah. you graduate full sale. Um, what's your next move? Do you come right out to California? What's, what's the move? Yeah. Uh, so I was watching, uh, throughout my time at full. So I was watching mm-hmm. YouTube videos and I was watching all these like metal bands release videos, like, um, like everyone from like asking Alexandria, yeah. to, like a Skylet drive. And I was like, Oh my, like, I would love to do videos like that. Yeah. Um, looking back on that, like, obviously, you know, it's a completely different story, <laughs> um, but, but <laughs> like, I was looking at that and I was like, Oh, well I got to figure out who's doing these videos, where they're shooting and how they're doing it. Um, so I just started doing some research. I started reaching out to like these directors and, and at first I didn't know I wanted to shoot. Like, I didn't know I wanted to be a DP. I was, I was going out there. Um, or I had the mindset that I wanted to either be an editor or a director or producer. Like that's that's after you graduated. Yeah. Uh, well, during my whole time at at school, actually, I, I was doing a lot of editing and that was kind of my, like the direction I was going in, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, then, then I, you know, obviously we can talk about that in a bit, but I, I moved forward and then decided to shoot. Um, but my, my main goal was to move to LA. Um, yeah. the people that I was talking to and the the people I was looking up to all lived in Los Angeles. And I was like, man, I got to get out there. And where it's at, that's yeah. where the business is at. Um, you know, being from the East coast, I had family members that are like, Oh, you know, why not try New York? Why not, but you know, stay close. And it's a hard decision to leave your family to go start a new life. And especially at a young age, I was only 20 years old when I moved out here, which I know there's a lot of people that move out here way younger, but it's still like as a 20 year old, you really don't know what to expect and you really don't know life yet. So, um, it, it, it was, challenging but yeah i was like you know 
I, I can't go back home and this is what I want to do. And if, if worse comes to worse, I'll just move back in with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess everyone's move. Right. Um, I mean, that's what I did after my music career failed. I went back to my mom and, and then I was like, Oh no, I'm going to go to another industry. That's very, <laughs> even more competitive. <laughs> I'll try <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> um, so you come out to LA. Um, do you are, did you have a job already like before you moved or did you just come out cold and hoping you'd find something when you got here or what was no. that? Yeah. Like I, you know, I was reaching out to, um, really anyone that would hire me. It didn't matter if it was a producer, a director, a post house, uh, DPs. And, uh, I ended up, uh, reaching out to this, uh, cinematographer that I thought his work was phenomenal. And still to this day, he's one of the best and he's, uh, you know, someone I I've looked up to and, um, I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, man, uh, you know, come out, but we have a shoot tomorrow. And this was uh day one in LA. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, this is like <laughs> awesome. my first, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. Like, you know, should I like, am I allowed to like touch the lenses? Am I allowed to like touch the stingers? <laughs> Cause you know, like I was told that my whole time in my, uh, in school, like, you know, don't ever touch anything or else someone's going to yell at you. And then, you know, it, it oh, happens yeah. on the occasional set. Like yeah. you have the uh, electrician that like freaks out on you for grabbing a stinger, which, <laughs> You know, I understand, yeah. but, um, I, I was like, I was terrified and, um, ended up going out and having a great time, met a bunch of people. And, um, one thing led to the next and we just kept working together and just then leapfrogging and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, every, every other week, every week or so we'd get together and, um, they'd bring me on now it was unpaid, but I learned so much in that yeah. time about what to do, what not to do, but also about the equipment that, um, sorry, you guys, I might've cut out for a second. Oh, there we go. Oh, you're good. Um, you're good. Uh, but uh, things, you know, things like that, that, um, you don't necessarily get to learn when you're in school. And like, that's the other thing about full cell at the time we learned mostly, uh, 16 and 35 millimeter. Like we didn't, we had one digital cinematography class and it was wow. like, by the time I graduated, they're outdated cameras. So yeah you know, moving out to Los Angeles and, you know, shooting on the red camera was like the big thing at the time. And like being able to learn about that stuff with no pressure was, was really beneficial. And I think to me, like that's after that first year of working with that cinematographer, I, it really opened my eyes and made me realize like, all right, this is what I want to do for a living. I want to, I want to shoot. I want to do music videos. I want to, I'm going to step away from this directing thing because I don't like, necessarily talking to artists and labels and commissioners and managers. Like it's not my thing. That's the Um, politics. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just want to, I just want to light it and shoot it and create something cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's rad. So what was like, give me your like first, like the biggest first big gig you got, like, was it a movie or commercial? Like, cause like I've, I've, mine was, um, uh, I just had it. Damn it. (laughs) I lost it. (laughs) Uh, oh, I had a movie the first year I was in with, and I got to hang out with Justin Long all day. And I was just like, fucking <laughs> Justin Long, I've grown up with this guy. That's fun. And so like, what was like one of your biggest, like first gigs? Like that was like, uh, holy shit, I'm on this fucking set. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't as a DP. It was as a oh. DIT. Um, <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know, yeah, what DIT, is a DIT? What, yeah. So, yeah. DIT, so uh, essentially you're responsible for the entire movie uh you ingest the footage <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> you ingest the footage you put it on a drive you label all the shots and you describe uh 
you know, each shot. And, and by the end of the day, you send over like uh, dailies, you'll send over uh, stills from the, from the film and like everything that you shot that day. Wow. And you essentially are responsible for the hard drives of the film and make sure that everything <laughs> makes it to post-production. It's terrifying so, amount. And the fun thing about it, like they'll have maybe three, four hard drives and they're all exactly the same. But at the end of the night, they each go to someone different. Because, you know, God forbid, you know, what if the, the DIT has all of them and he gets into a horrible car wreck? There goes the whole movie for the day. Yeah. So I, I always liked that idea. It was kind of Mission Impossible, secret agent stuff. Like everyone gets one just in case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, so, it's, so, yeah, you were DIT on what? Uh, so I got this call from a random producer and they're like, hey, do you want to come on this this feature film? I was like, at the time, of course. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I need a I need money and B, like I want the experience. So, like, you know, of course I'll come on. I had no idea what I was getting myself into because I stepped on the set and it was, uh, Rashida Jones, Andy Samberg, Elijah Wood, Emma Roberts. Uh, it's this film called Celeste and Jesse forever. Um, well, that one. yeah, it's, it's a really good indie. Like, I mean, I, it was done really well for a low budget and, um, everyone on the crew was super cool, respectful. It was, uh, it was a big scale, like in my mind, uh, looking at, you know, we were shooting, uh, we were shooting on the Alexa, uh, classic, um, which is, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, it was like at the time, like this, um, I mean, Aries, in my opinion, uh, one of my favorite cinema cam or cinema manufacturers for cameras and lenses and lighting and whatnot. But the Alexa was this new, uh, camera that everyone was trying to shoot on. And it, to me, it was my first time on set with it. And then I'm the one dealing with all the footage. So it was an awesome opportunity to <laughs> yeah. be able to ingest this footage, play with the color, play with like different exposures. And it wasn't something that um, I got to do before. But at the same time, it was terrifying because every now and then Rashida Jones would come into like my little DIT tent and she'd want to look at footage. And to me, like, I'm just like a young kid. Yeah. And I, and I was not experienced for that job, but you know, like she'd come in and want to look at footage and to me like i don't know it would always make my heart race are you, and, are you a fan of the office and parks and recs and rec and stuff yeah i i, yeah. I mean parks and rec was yeah, like i mean obviously the office but um yeah for sure yeah it was phenomenal and i don't know was to this, me, was was this just, during like that time was was this in the prime time of those shows yeah i don't know it was kind 2000, of 2012 Oh Maybe yeah. She was, yeah. She might've yeah, been just starting sure. parks and rec or something. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. That's, that's a awesome. Good one. I'll yeah, check so, that movie out. I, that's, that's a good cast. Yeah. It's a really, uh, it's a really good movie. Um, shot all locally in LA. I think there's a scene or two in New York, but, um, but yeah, to me, like that was like my first big set when, you know, you pull up and there's like a base camp and yeah. there's like 16 like, trailers and, yeah. and like generators everywhere. I'm like, Oh man, yeah. this is like, I, a part of me wanted to just turn around and go home because I was so terrified and I was yeah. like, I'm not ready for this. Um, it's like, but, the first, know, yeah, it's great. It's like the first day of like your, especially as DIT a big moment. As, yeah. As a PA, it's no big deal. There's no pressure on me. The whole movie's not on my shoulders, but yeah, if you have all the footage, I can see how it would be very yeah. well, it's terrifying talking to like a director and a DP in there. Like, yeah. um, they're like, so, uh, how many movies have you done before? And you're just kind of like, all right, this is the moment where I either have to lie yeah. or I just have to tell them like, yeah, this is my first movie. And I uh, hope you guys trust me. Um, 
So I'm not going to tell you guys which one I, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to watch the movie. We'll make the yeah. determination after. But I one it. shot that didn't make it to the hard drive or post-production. So. Okay. That's not bad. That. But I mean, like with that being said, like the, the most you interact with, like the cast would be to like, come see like the footage and stuff. And well, that you don't, would, you don't invite talent to come. Yeah. They, they just, just, they just come. wander in. Yeah. <laughs> it, and like, like the director will say, oh, you know, like, like, and this is something that we'll do is like, um, if we're taking a little bit extra time, you know, setting up lights and, and, you know, really perfecting the yeah. frame, sometimes we'll say like, oh, go, go check playback or go check some footage. I think maybe that's what they were doing we with me. And like, oh. I would have Andy Samberg and like these, you know, these huge actors come over to my tent and like, knock, knock. I'm like, oh god, who is it now? And you know, it's just <laughs> terrifying. Your yeah. <laughs> well, you got out. You got out of it okay. So let's move on a little bit. So I, um, you had a great, ex- uh, another great experience traveling around the world, making tons of videos with kind of a big band, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Um, yeah. how much, how, how much time in between that movie and Thirty Seconds to Mars was that pretty quick, or did that take a few years to get to? Uh, that was about a year and a half or maybe a year. Um, that's pretty quick, man. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, and by no means, man, I, I still, to this day, it's so hard to like, I, I started thinking about that. I'm like, are we ever really prepared for anything in our careers where we were 100% comfortable? And I started (laughs) thinking about that the, the other day and I was like, I wasn't prepared for that. Like in my opinion, um, it, on a professional standpoint or on like a skilled standpoint, but yeah. you know, it, it helps me grow. And I, yeah. I'll give you a little backstory. Like, yeah, yeah. I, just like, got, yeah, I definitely want to know how you even like got into that circle. Yeah. So that, uh, that cinematographer, uh, his name's Rob Witt, by the way. Thank you. Um, I was like I said, he's an amazing, amazing guy. Um, he, in, he actually toured with the band, um, before me and, uh, you know, I, like what happens in most people's careers, I think he just got busy and, and started doing other things and handed uh, it off he, to you. Yeah. I mean, he referred me and of course I was honored and, yeah. um, and, and that was at the time when, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but like Kings and Queens came out and, Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was that, huge. That record was just like massive. Yeah. And I remember, um, just listening to that record being like, Oh man, like this would be a really cool band to work with someday. And, <laughs> and um, cut to like a few years later, like they had a new album coming out. Rob introduced me to um, some of their people. They called me in for a meeting and it ended up working. I met with Jared and, um, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but they said, Hey, you know, do you want to, do you essentially want to come on tour and shoot video for 30 seconds to Mars? And we're going to be going to Europe, Russia, oh. uh, South America, or okay. like parts of the middle East. And I was like, uh, I mean, what, <laughs> no. do I say? what do you say? Yeah. Like, of course I was like, of course like, that sounds amazing. Um, I'm going back yeah. to Boston. This sounds awful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, asking was... myself into. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was just an unreal email to get. And of yeah. course I was just, immediately yes. yes so uh yeah it was summer uh 2013 we went to started off and this is my first time out of the country by the way other than canada mm-hmm. so like huge experience for me um we ended up we started in um ireland we went over to the uk we did that whole thing all parts of uh norway finland sweden 
went down to Switzerland, all over Europe. I really had no idea um, what I signed up for. And then, you know, I, I landed over, over there and Jared said, Hey, well, we're going to, we're going to do a music video. Um, and it's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. So we brought on a few guys from Germany, um, uh, some editors and some shooters and, we just shot every single show every night. And, you know, even during the day we were off shooting, like it was constantly on call to, I, I couldn't even tell you how many terabytes we shot. I mean, it was unreal. I was just like, just the was hard like, drives piling up. Yeah. yeah. But, but to be honest, like Jared, um, is like, he's such an amazing creative guy. Yeah, I was thinking um, that he, he just has this eye that really, uh, I mean, he, he opened my eyes up to so much. Like I, I, I would come in and like, I'd have this frame set up and I yeah. think it looked pretty good. And, you know, we were interviewing all these people, like, um, like we'd pull in fans from all over the place and we'd, I'd have this frame set up. I thought, it, I thought it was amazing. And then he'd come in and be like, Hey, like if you just look this way and like move your light, like here, like look what you get. And it ended up just being, <laughs> way better yeah jared leto film school <laughs> yeah exactly well that you know back to the full cell thing it's like yeah had i just met jared back in the day i probably wouldn't have went to full cell but <laughs> yeah. uh, but no he's just professor he's leto just, yeah he's just got an eye he's so yeah. creative and I, I owe a lot to him to be honest like he um yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, yeah, I, could, I, I could imagine him like definitely building on that creative aspect. Like he just seems like the type that probably himself like walks around and like takes like photos and videos of stuff that he sees. That's super cool. And like about all the, you know, the film sets he's been yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, not only is like he's pretty good at music. He's been on some mm -hmm. around some pretty other credible actors and directors and yeah. DPs as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, are you, are you still working with them or is that kind of done for now? I know they're not really, are they putting out music anymore? I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's been a while since, uh, I've, I've done some stuff with them, like from music video stuff to, mm -hmm. um, he, he has a summer camp been working. Uh, yeah. I want to talk I want to hit, hit that real quick, but, um, other than the live, like video music video, did you do any like narrative videos with them? Uh, so I was a part of a project. Yeah. It was kind of a music video too. It was that 4th of July one. Um, okay. the, the day in the life of America. That was a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, no narrative, nothing narrative with them. The, but all those shows were just massive crowds. I mean, yeah. all that footage was probably just gold. Um, oh, yeah, but man, Let's hear about the summer camp. Cause I'm very curious about this. Um, let's kind of set it up like what it is. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's just an intimate experience that fans can go to Malibu out in nature, um, have a good time with the band and do different activities and, um, also get like a small concert experience, but still with a big feel. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that we tried to do in the video, element of it was you know make it cinematic but still make it fun make it beautiful and it's really hard to be in the middle of like malibu and not shoot good stuff yeah. especially when you have all these passionate people about you know running around and and, mm -hmm. and everyone's just excited camera. yeah exactly yeah. and that's mostly what we're fighting when they're shooting documentary stuff is like a lot of people that don't want to be on camera so yeah. that was that was awesome um, having this. yeah um but yeah i think i think it was just uh, it's it's that's a great idea. It, yeah, it's it's really fun, and uh, 
it's a good opportunity. Like Jared was really cool about letting us get creative with, you know, the way that we shoot it. And, um, yeah, I mean, just I'm a curious. fun time. I'm not, I'm kind of curious. I don't know if you'll know this. How, how much was it for a person to go? Do you know? I don't know, but you could, uh, I mean, it's probably a few thousand. It's gotta be a crazy amount, but I mean, if you love that band, it has, it sounds yeah. like it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Um, rad. Okay. So then, um, in between that, you're, st- you're, you know, in between doing the summer camps and stuff, you, you're still doing your own music videos. You're doing what some, are you doing some docs during that time yet? Or are you just doing music videos? Yeah. Commercials? So I did, uh, I, I think after a while, um, music videos, they're really fun and all, but you know, there's always going to be struggles and, um, different obstacles in the way. Well, the budget, yeah, of course. (laughs) So like right now I'm kind of leaning more towards narrative and commercial world. That's what I'm trying to get into. And I've been, you know, obviously with COVID going on and whatnot, like we're, there's a lot of uh, productions on standstill, but there's definitely things in the works. Um, I did do a project, uh, like a personal project, um, a couple of years ago. And, uh, it was really important to me. Uh, it was called Lawtown. It's a, uh, documentary on the opioid kind of crisis epidemic that's going on in not really, I guess it would be considered Boston area, but, um, just North of Boston. And it's the town that I'm from just next door. And essentially what happened is I had a friend that overdosed and, um, yeah, I mean, man, like that just hit me so hard. And like my friends and like my inner circle that, and it felt like I was just getting news every single week of people dying, passing away. And, and I was like, what, what is this? Like, this was never an issue um, in my hometown or in my area. So like I started digging deeper and just finding out that this area in new England was like the hub of um, opioids and specifically fentanyl. Yeah. And uh, I just started to, come up with this idea of like, all right, well, what if I just come up with like a PSA or like a, we do a music video and tie it in there somehow. And I don't know, it just didn't come across like impactful or like, um, meaningful. So enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I went there with, um, one other guy and we just shot from what we thought would be like a, a cool little sizzle reel. And we found a couple of people on YouTube that were pretty outspoken in this town. And um, we put together a little sizzle and we ended up shopping it around. And eventually we landed with uh, Anthem and we ended up doing uh, like a full blown feature. And, and it's, it's called Law Town. Yeah. Law Town. It's, How can we uh, find it? Is it online somewhere? Yeah. Vimeo on demand. Awesome. Cause I remember, yeah, yeah, you were, you were, you were showing me, uh, cuts on set on some of the things we're working on. I, it, it looked amazing. I never got a chance to see it. Um, I would love to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Law Town. Take yeah. Take a look um, at it. I have seen lemon lemons pretty good. That Thanks. was one of your other shorts that you did. Right. Yeah. Appreciate that. You like working, uh, the other guy is Patrick Flannery, yeah. right? Yep. He's, yep. Pat, Pat directed that one. Um, yeah. he write it as well. Uh, no, actually my fiance wrote it. I, oh. I mean, there was, yeah, she wrote it and, um, there were some revisions done that and she's, act, and she's stars in and it she's, well. yeah. And she's acting oh, in it. Yeah. And also the co-star was Brianne Parhalia. Um, I went to high school with her. So it was oh, okay. kind of like a full circle. Yeah, friends. That, that's uh, awesome. Got to, it was, it was one of those experiences where I was like, man, 
this is like back to that high school moment that we talked about earlier where we're all just friends making a movie, but like on a, you know, a larger scale, hopefully the production value went up a bit, but, um, <laughs> like it, it was, it's well, the $20,000 like camera helps, you know, yeah. that helped yeah. a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, well let's, let's segue into that. Um, cause I know you're kind of a gear nut. Let's talk about like, let's talk about what you usually shoot on normally with like the budgets that you are given. And then I'm curious of like, your dream package like if you had the ultimate you know free budget what would you what would you get well i think every job's gonna um come with uh some budget restraints obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's typical but uh yeah i mean i think it depends on the on the job if it's a if it's like a more cinematic anamorphic video approach like we'll lean towards like alexa mini and some sort of anamorphic lenses like cook special flares is kind of what i'm going with right now yeah um yeah lately it's been surprisingly we actually uh, i work with this director a lot tim Mattia, um and one thing that we've been doing is shooting on one lens it's just been a really versatile lens it's been really um easy to use it saves us time yeah. um, it still gives us the anamorphic look but it being a macro lens we can now go in closer without you know changing to a longer lens or putting on a diopter or whatnot so um but it also gives you that you know desired anamorphic look that i think a lot of what, what lens is that for. it's called the cook uh anamorphic special flare it's a 65 okay. millimeter macro yeah. Wow. But a lot of times, and this is kind of for both of you, like w- when you get that equipment, it's like it's rent. It, you rent it, right? It isn't yeah, like Justin, something. Do you that, own a camera or do you rent everything? Uh, yeah, I do own a camera. Um, I bought a red back in 2017, um, and it's been yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, definitely specific jobs we'll yeah. use it on, but um, yeah. not every job requires it or. Um, maybe we want to go with a different camera based on the look. Um, but it's, it's like an awesome, it's an awesome camera package. It's really versatile. It's, uh, pretty much have everything that we need to run, you know, a basic, um, medium mid tier level, uh, music video production. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, it all varies. Like it it makes sense. Yeah. So the director, the look, the, the, what, what you're shooting, I get that. Um, do you get to uh, shoot on film very often? No, you I mean, like to, and I would love to, it's been a while. I think it's, it's like, I, I was, like I said earlier and at full sale, we, that's all we shot on. We shot on 16, we shot on 35. We even did some eight millimeter classes. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, there's like a nostalgia to it. Like, I think there's a, definitely a look. Um, yeah. It's just not as common these days. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's probably yeah, because expensive. of, yeah, it's probably because of budget. And I think, you know, with music videos, quick turnaround times. Um, and also the the idea that you can just shoot infinitely and just buy more hard drives on digital yeah. versus like, <laughs> oh, well, that's it. We're out of film. I guess, you know, that's the end of the video. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, obvi- there's always a desire to shoot film. I think yeah. there's like, uh, th- there's a really cool element to it. Um, but you know, it's just not Yeah. in my, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fun though. Yeah. I've been on a few shoots where they, it, it's cause I, I'd probably say 
8% of the shoots I'm on, it's digital, but those, those little small ones, it's, it's fun. Cause it's different. It's, it's, you know, close the gate or what is, what are they, what do they say is check the gate, check the gate. Um, so yeah. Okay. Now give me, okay. I'll pitch, I'll pitch this to you. I'll give you a scenario. Christopher Nolan, he hits you up randomly. <laughs> hey, Justin Morrow, I heard you're the best DP in the world. I want you to film my next movie and you have the unlimited budget that you want. What do you choose, Justin? Uh, camera and lens wise. Yeah. I mean, he's say, probably shooting on, on, he's probably shooting I guess on for film. Nolan, right? <laughs> I would probably, um, suggest some sort of IMAX camera. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, sure. maybe not. Okay. Um, he does go big, right? He okay, does. Yeah. Quentin hits you up. Quentin Tarantino hits you up. <laughs> what kind of lenses do you go? Just all anamorphic. Is that just, just the move for that kind of stuff? At that point, I'd probably let Quentin Tarantino decide. Um, <laughs> okay. I see where I see where you're getting at here. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, I I think um, I I had a really good experience. I just shot this feature film in February, and I shot with the Alexa Mini LF and Signature Primes. Uh, Roger Deakins just used it on 1917. It gives you. Oh. Um, I mean, in my opinion, they're the cleanest lenses that I've used and give you like the most natural look. Um, I think they're beautiful. Like you could, you could add these cool little things on the back of the lenses that give you different looks as opposed to putting filters in front of the lens. Oh, interesting. Um, so in my opinion, that's kind of like the package. That's the yeah. go-to camera package at the, at the time. Yeah. And um, I actually just did a commercial on them and, and, they're just so natural. They don't require a lot of work. They're easy to light with. Like they're fast, they're sharp, but they also have like a dreamy look to them. Like, I don't know, in my opinion, that's what I'd go with. That's yeah. what I feel most comfortable with. And I think that's the other thing is you want to, when you're building a camera package, you want to go with what you know and what you're most comfortable with. And, yeah. um, that's, that's also uh, something that's really hard is when a director wants something that you know, you don't, you've never done before. And they're like suggesting like, Oh, why don't we try these lenses or this camera you know, and I'm yeah. actually going through that right now on, uh, on a project where, mm -hmm. um, the director wants to try out a different camera. And, um, it's just one of those things where I think over time you build relationships with rental houses, you ask them, Hey, can I come in and test this thing out? And yeah. And Are they usually pretty cool about that? Yeah, I think so. If you have, like, if you have, if you have the good relationship, obviously. Yeah. And you know, most of the time the and stuff. they're cool with just going in there and, and setting up a room for you and you can test it out. It's really hard in my opinion to do camera tests and lens tests inside of, uh, inside of, a <laughs> an office. Like, basically. An, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. essentially. So like, I, I want to take a camera out and shoot a sunset, some street lamps some nighttime stuff, you know, like, <laughs> like I'll take it through the elements, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I want to put you on point a little bit. What's your, like, uh, who are some of your favorite ca camera houses? Curious. Well, I just recently um, went into Camtech and they were incredible. Uh, okay. Really I think, nice. I think once. Yeah. Yeah. They're in Burbank. Um, or I don't know if it's North Hollywood or Burbank, but somewhere mm -hmm. over there. And uh, I mean, super awesome people. They showed us 16 different <laughs> options that we could possibly <laughs> use. Um, different camera bodies. Very, very professional. They're quick. And, um, there's like an attention to detail there um, where I feel like I didn't necessarily get that at other camera houses. Like they actually cared for this project. It might not be the biggest thing in the world, but like the it's attention not just a piece of equipment. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, Hey, look, I'm going for this look. Um, yeah. I might not, I, I, maybe I've never shot this look before, but like, what do you suggest? And they have a group of people over there that can point you in the right direction. So right now I'd say, uh, cam tech. And then honestly, like a lot of my stuff's been coming through, um, uh, offer like owner operators, just oh, private okay. owners. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many people now that just own yeah. gear, like $150,000 camera packages. <laughs> and they have to pay off it somehow. <laughs> and you're yeah. just like, Oh man, I feel so bad for you. I'm going to give you this rental. No, but, <laughs> but also it's like, you know, when you know, everything's there, everything works and, yeah. and uh, it, it's, it's, easy to go to them last minute too for like last minute projects but insurance helps too yeah yeah, (laughs) i don't know how that works with the uh, other people um yeah so unofficial sponsor today cam tech yeah (laughs) um i'm curious um so since covid um how many shoots have you been on you know since then yeah um like a real set you know i know you kind of film smaller stuff with like caleb and guys like that that are just like a small crew but like you know a real film set quote unquote yeah a real film set there there was one big one where it was um 40 plus crew um that that was that was big um but there were so many guidelines there were so many things like there was only nine people on set at at all times um Mm if art department needed to step in, um, other people would step off camera team would step off or lighting would oh, step okay. off. And we kind of broke it up. We did staggered lunch, which I think a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone's playing it pretty safe and professional and, and good. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of shoots in Nashville. Um, I've done three now and since COVID has, uh, happened. And, um, it's the same thing over there. It's just, Is it? you know, different, not, not, crew, but not any, not any looser. It's still pretty strict. No, it's still pretty strict. And like, yeah. even at the beginning of it, like, um, that was actually one of my first jobs back was, was in Nashville. And, um, there was obviously some hesitation there because you just, you know, it's a brand new crew. It's a brand new production. You don't know how people are going to. Yeah. And it's a new thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I feel like it's one of those things where like, no one really knows just yet. Like yeah. how we're going to like move Everyone's forward. Everyone's got to, I think have to practice it a little bit. Yeah. Every department, they, it's a new thing. You got to get checked in. I, I luckily got a, my first thing was a photo shoot with a tough contender. And that was, that was nice. It wasn't, you know, a real film set. It was a mm-hmm. small crew and it was a nice introduction. We had yeah. a COVID compliance officer, but I just got off a home Depot commercial, way bigger set, but still spread out. We did, we did a little bit of staggered lunches, not crazy, but yeah, it's, I I feel like a lot of these videos that are trying to get everything done in one day are going to have to do it in two days. Now you just have to, cause it's just the time with checking people in and, and just that having that element. Um, yeah, it's crazy. What do you, you, Justin, what what do you think the future is? I mean, do you think we'll ever get back to like a, you know, quote unquote real feel of a set or I mean you think we're always gonna have masks on I mean crazy I, I think that's the number one question that everyone yeah. uh, is asking yeah. um I hope so I mean mm-hmm. yeah I, I think eventually we will um I think as long as people continue to be respectful mm-hmm. um and and care for each other and just like you know and also know like you know taking a job like we're, we're all in this thing together and and if you're, if you have to take this job for, you know, like most of us, like finances is going to be a thing. We all need to pay bills. Yeah. Like just know there's going to be risks there. Um, but like, let's be respectful and not 
think this is like a big political game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I just think, I just think we all just need to, uh, I don't know, come together. That's all. I love that. Yeah. That's good, yeah. And it, the film set, that's all it is. It's just a team, regardless of your politics. We all have one goal at the end and make our best project we can and if we you know we're gonna try our best to do that safely and i am glad you guys get to like do that while this is going on because i know it's got to be hard when everything is shut down like that's like an industry that's heavily hit like yeah that's my job that's everything you know slow yeah i'm not Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't gotten too many offers and i'm also i i got one offer at the beginning like in beginning of april for like a day playing on a movie or something and i said you know what? that's just too soon there's nobody on it was like a random producer hit me up hey, a friend of a friend referred me i was like i don't know you <laughs> i'm gonna step away from this one and just say no to that one so yeah i think I it's whatever you're comfortable yeah you know exactly um cool um what else do i gotta say um mm-hmm, future of film industry well what cameras. have you guys have you guys worked oh. together on like oh a too many ton things. of stuff <laughs> like we worked what on was for, like or, uh, what was a memorable night, yeah M- matt mason um, memphis mayfire nice yeah we had two of theirs yeah the yeah. one out in the woods with caleb <laughs> i had to dig a fucking grave <laughs> that was in like hard dirt yeah that was a fun one um how many people then, can say that for their job like you I, know like what'd you what'd you do today well, I, just oh, dug I, a grave. I dug a grave for maddie mullins <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah. Just like a gravekeeper, like they do that every day, right? It was, my, it was my exercise for the day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh. Our last night, it was one I was just thinking of. Um. Oh, the kill switch one. I really liked oh. that. I love the look of that. Oh, kill switch yeah. Video. That that's yeah, a that killer nice. video. Yeah. The, yeah, the that one, one with the, nice. the, the with the tub and everything, right? Like, yeah. Is that the yeah, one? He's, old he's guy. In the tub. He's, yeah. Is he in a tub or at some point? Yeah, I felt like, like there's a shower. Tub. It's a shower tub. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, the, it's the first couple shots, but yeah, it's like yeah. this guy that's going through his alcohol addiction and yeah. ends up throwing his life away for this addiction. And then, you know, calls this hotline at the end. I was kind of bummed that the band wasn't there. I always love to meet these bands that, you know, I've worked on with taking back Sunday and even working with our last night. I mean, I grew up with those guys and, um, to like just sit down at lunch with them is like the coolest thing. But yeah, I was kind of bummed kill switch wasn't there. It would been cool to hang out with them. Well, here's uh, a fun fact yeah. back to, uh, back to high school days. My band used to play shows with our last night. That's no awesome. We grew up, we grew up in the same, uh, the same music scene in new England. They're, they're from New Hampshire and so are we. So, but what about is. what, you know, who else is from there? Robert isn't, hmm. Four oh, years four strong, strong, dude. You know those guys? Yeah, four years strong. I know four years strong. Of course. Why haven't you even done a video for them yet? <laughs> I don't know, man. Get them to do a video over here on the West Coast for me, and I'll work for free. I don't care. <laughs> Just I love he'll that call them up. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, uh, one th- other th- last thing. Um, advice. What would you uh, give some advice to like some young DPs or just anyone trying to like get into the the film industry? Uh. I think I would just say find people that you admire their work and reach out to them because it's not, um, you're not going to lose anything if they don't respond, whatever, like find someone else. But like, I think ultimately it's like, it's like find someone where you think their work's good or find someone that you aspire to be, um, or that you want to work for someday and just reach out because Mm -hmm. I, I think that, if the, like the worst thing that could happen, like I said, is they don't respond, but you never know. They might bring you on set. They might 
give you advice and they might, um, give you more jobs. Yeah. You <laughs> like never your know. Friend. Like it's I can't do a, this. So here's something for you. Yeah, exactly. And, and then also like you, you, like in my situation, like I didn't know I wanted to be a DP until I started working with this other guy. And it's like, I, 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 there's so many opportunities. I don't, like I said, I don't think anyone has the same story. I think you just reach mm-hmm. out. And then if you want to be a DP specifically, I think you just, we all have phones, like just shoot something edit it together, put it up on the internet because like, that's the coolest part about YouTube. You can put anything on there and then, you know, ask people for advice on it and like find a band that you want to shoot that you like and just go shoot it. Like, uh, I don't know. I think, um, and then go on the next thing. Like, don't just sit yeah, on that thing. Exactly. For the whole, move on to the next thing. Cause everything we do in the beginning is going to suck. Nothing. You, Christopher Nolan's first stuff when he was filming was probably not great, but you know, yeah. Get to a point. Yeah. Well, he probably was just filming on IMAX cameras when he was in high school. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like it's just, it takes time. Um, and the, yeah, like you said, there's so many opportunities in this, this industry. I mean, I coming from music industry that just tore me up and into this as it, as competitive as it is, there's more money in it. Like mm-hmm. I actually get paid. Like you never got paid as a musician and it's, it's, it's not much, but it's something, but, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you get to work on crazy projects. Um, cool. All right. Well, that's about it. Justin, I'd love to, uh, we'd love to have you come back on and talk sports. Um, maybe yes. when football season comes on and we'll talk, uh, Tom Brady not being on the Patriots. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> I if uh, we want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's we'll we'll talk about how the bucks are going to go. Uh, they're probably only going to get like seven games this year. So. We'll see. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, that's about it. Um, thanks again, Justin. Oh, let's, let's give you a couple plugs. Uh, you got that new feature coming out. What's that one called? Uh, rule of thirds. What is it? Rule of thirds. Rule of thirds. Oh, it's like a film thing. Cause I know that's like, it a, is. Oh, okay. It's like a, it's a photography thing. Uh, who's directing that? Uh, Pat, Patrick. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. rad. Uh, do you guys finish it? Or are you still in the middle of it or? Yeah, it's in post at the moment. Um, yeah, it should be done. I'm sure in the next few weeks, to be honest. So rad. Yeah, uh, Sasha Sloan music video, Lanny music video, Corey Taylor music video. Didn't oh. you just do a Marilyn Manson one too? Yeah, Manson and uh, that's wild. Yeah, that one. That one was an experience. I'd love to talk more about that one someday. But yeah, like uh, check that one out. That one's really fun. I was love that the first one you did with them, or him. like. The- we can talk about it well, real quick. Was that the first one you've done with him? You've done a couple with him, right? Uh, no, only one with him. Oh. Um, yeah, we shot oh, out it. I'm thinking, um, didn't you do the Smashing Pumpkins one? Or is that not you? No, not me. Oh, okay. I know Brendan well, did it, but I wasn't sure if you did it. Close in um, scope, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird, weird, pale, you know, 90 rock dudes. <laughs> I love <laughs> Marilyn Manson, though. Like, yeah, always. That, that, that shoot was so awesome because that that was back to like um like the og filmmaking days of just like grabbing a camera and shooting and and like coming up with little scenarios and and we built these sets like i mean the total crew was um uh tim matia the director uh you know gaffer jack the producer and myself Um, obviously um man it was it was really cool we we shot yeah we shot out in joshua tree and this was pre-covid okay (laughs) but it was very covid type small crew <laughs> yeah without knowing um, it yeah without the mask but yeah. um but yeah that that shoot was awesome it was it was like a good opportunity to get creative come up with 
um, like little setups that like on the whim and just, just shoot play. it. Just yeah. have fun and play. Is, and, yeah, I love yeah. that. Is that We're his working? Is that his new single? Like the one he just released? Is that no, it? That, or? Uh, so he it was a cover song, Johnny Cash cover song. Oh, uh, God's yeah. gonna cut you down. Oh, oh yeah. man, that's awesome. Yeah, check that yeah. out, everybody. Yeah, check uh, and then you can check out, check uh, him out at uh, JM. Uh, wait, how do you say DP uh, Instagram? Um, do you have Facebook or no? Just Instagram. Uh, no, just, just send Instagram. It. Yeah, just go to Instagram, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you can check us out, So So Screeny Podcast at uh, the So So Screeny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes, um, and more importantly, tell a friend. That's the more. That's how we get this thing going. And you know get a bigger audience and everything um then we have a new website so so screeny.com where we got some merch and stickers and mugs and stuff um cory anything else no nope, just it? you said it all <laughs> <laughs> thanks bud uh justin thanks again for being on yeah uh, thank you I, oh, we'll have you back on in a, a little bit cool cool thanks guys all right thanks man right. awesome You're my